the book of Ruth this morning, the book of Ruth, and um, we'll see what we can learn out of here today. Amen. Um, the Lord really is good to us, church. Amen. Amen. We don't deserve His blessings this morning. We take them for granted way too many times. I'll say it this way. I take them for granted way too many times. And I'm sure you do also if you was honest within yourself. Amen. And uh, thank God for His blessings on our life. And um, uh, um, uh, we ought not have to get to November to be thankful. Amen. And, uh, you know, I, um, uh, I, I, it about upsets me anymore. Um, people go straight from October to Christmas. And uh, I'm just being real with you. I, there ain't no Christmas decorations up at the Barker household after Thanksgiving. And uh, you say, well, I already got mine up. Well, I, I, you can go home and take them down if you want to. Uh, they ain't none up at my house because um, it seems like... <laughs> I'm going I'm to throw a wrench in everything. Right? It seems like we go from a satanic holiday to just give me something. And we forget about that season of being thankful for what God's done for us this morning. Amen. And um, I sure thank the Lord for His blessings. Amen. Um, uh, people brag on their kids, and they ought to if they're doing right. And um, uh, you that comes here all the time knows Miss Tanya plays the piano, and they're out of town this week. Um, she always plays, and Miss Tina plays. If she's not here, Miss Tina's at the hospice house um, with her mother. So uh, Madeline's been taking piano. My oldest daughter, and I told her yesterday, I said, you're going to have to step up tomorrow and play at the church. And she was scared to death. Um, but I sure am thankful. I got a daughter that wanted to serve the Lord and didn't say, no, Daddy, I can't do that. She said, I'll give it my best. Amen. And uh, I thank the Lord for it this morning. The Lord's really good to us. Ruth chapter number 2, let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. Ruth chapter number 2. And I want to read you some verses out of here. You that um, uh, know me very well know that I love this little book of Ruth. Amen. And uh, the Cinderella story of the Old Testament. Amen. And uh, man, I'm telling you, I love this little book. And um, uh, if you know me well at all, you know I love to study and I love books. I love to read. And uh, I got a new book the other day on the book of Ruth. And I began to read the, uh, and it's the smallest one I've got. Honestly, you could probably read the book um, in an hour or a little bit over an hour if you sit down and just read through it, but I am telling you right now, it is dynamite. Brother Rick Gravely told me about it, and as I began to read it, man, I began to see some new things uh, that I've never saw in the book of Ruth, and I've preached through it several times, and uh, uh, man, I, I, I love it. Do you know the Bible's inexhaustible? Yeah, man, it don't matter where you go or how many times you've read it, I promise you God will have something fresh for you right there in it. Amen. Look chapter 2, verse number 1, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap was delight on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servants that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? Now I'm just going to say this in passing 
right here, uh, but something about Ruth caught his eye. He said, hey, who is that out there? Yeah, man, if I could illustrate it, I'd illustrate it this way. In in October of 1998, standing uh, beside a Ford probe at Turner's Creek Baptist Church in Courtney, North Carolina, there was a tall, dark-headed girl walked by, and I said, Who's that? My best friend at the time was Clayton Maynard, and he said, I don't know. I said, I'm going to marry her. And he said, you've lost your mind. She's my wife. She's sitting right over there. Hey, Boaz said, who's that right there? Something about Ruth caught Boaz's eyes. Now let's read on. And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitess damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, uh, uh, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. Uh, So she came uh, and hath continued even from the morning until now uh, that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz, as under Ruth, hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Go with me to verse number 16 for the sake of time. And let fall also some handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them, then, or that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. Now I'm going to look at all of these verses through the message this morning, but I want to preach on this thought with the help of the Lord. The mercy that was rendered to Ruth. The mercy that was rendered to Ruth. Now Lord, I pray over the next little bit, God, that you'd help us today. God, you know the very need of this service. and God, I pray, Lord, that you will would be done out of it today. If there'd be one here lost, God, that you'd save them. One here out of your will, God, that you'd, Father, draw them back close to you again. I pray, God, that you'd be with our preachers out of the church help them. Be with our missionaries across the world today and help them. Then God help Brother Heath out in youth church this morning. Give them a good service out there. God will be careful to give you the thanks for it. God you said if you be lifted up you draw all men unto you and I pray God that you'd help me to lift you up today. In Jesus name, amen and amen. You can be seated today. You know I want to look into this passage for just a little while and preach on this thought the mercy uh, that was rendered to Ruth. When you study the book of Ruth and you study your Bible and the canon of the Bible, you'll find that Ruth falls uh, between Judges and Samuel. The book of Samuel introduces the king uh, after God's own heart, David, uh, who is a fruitful type of Christ uh, as uh, God's king, over Israel. On the other hand, the book of Judges uh, twice significantly makes the statement that in those days uh, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. You'll find out that the book of Judges uh, closes with that statement. As you look, as the books of Samuel look forward uh, uh, to Israel's future under God's King David, uh, so the 
the book of Judges uh, looks back to her dark past, uh, a time of apostasy from God, which is now the cause of her being driven out of the land of Canaan where, uh, according to Hosea 3-4, Israel truly has no king uh, but is walking uh, in a self-will and in sin. When you come in between the book of Judges uh, and the book of Samuel, uh, you'll find a little four-chapter book uh, that is uh, the book of Ruth. So in other words, before Ruth, we're looking back to apostate generation. In the book of Samuel, we're looking forward uh, to a king after God's own heart. And in the midst of all of this, uh, we find the book uh, of redemption. We find the little love story of a lady by the name of Ruth. You've heard me say this before, preaching on the book of Ruth, but listen to this again. Ruth is the eighth book of the Bible. Whenever you study the number eight out, it signifies a new beginning. Noah was the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. Noah stepped off the ark with eight people to begin as it were a new race. The Jewish boys were circumcised on the eighth day, a type of the new life. The eighth note in the musical chart begins a new octave. The eighth color begins a new spectrum. David, the eighth son of Jesse, began a new dynasty in the nation of Israel. And in the eighth book of the Bible, God is going to do a new thing again. You say, what is that? For the first time in history, God is going to let a Moabitish girl enter into the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I say this? I'm glad that God is a whosoever God today. And we see that here in the book of Ruth. In this first chapter of Ruth, we find Ruth's, Ruth's acceptance of the God of Naomi by faith. Look what she said in verse number 16 of chapter number 1. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. She goes on to say, Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Whether thou or where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. When you look at that, Ruth makes a decision uh, that she's going with Naomi, uh, that she's leaving the Moabitish people, uh, uh, she's leaving her past behind, uh, and she's got a resolve in her heart. Let come what may, uh, I'm going with Naomi. Can I say this to you? That was a very good decision uh, uh, for a little lady by the name of Ruth. Why? Because the rest is history after that. The thing about this, Naomi, as you study the, the life here and you study Naomi and her husband and their boys, Malon and Chilion, and Naomi and her husband, uh, they leave out of uh, the land of bread. They leave out of it. They, and, and, and here's what they said. There was a famine in it, even though she said in chapter 1, verse number 21, I went out full and came home empty. I thought about this. How is there a famine in the land of bread? In the house of bread. How is there a famine there? That's like saying there's a famine down there at the bakery. You see, a lot of times uh, our circumstances are not as bad uh, as we think they are. And because 
because they left and went to Moab it cost her her husband and it cost her both of her boys and it cost her one of her daughter-in-laws Amen. Why? Because, because she never came back. She never came back. Hey, hey, Ruth is the only one. Ruth is the only one that said, I'm going with you. Ruth makes a decision. I'm going with Ruth. Whenever you study the book, it's Ruth, uh, uh, Ruth renouncing in chapter number one. Ruth requesting in chapter number two. When you get to chapter number three, or three, it's Ruth reaping. And in chapter number four, Ruth is rejoicing. The only reason Ruth ever rejoiced, uh, and the only reason Ruth ever reaped, uh, is because she decided, I'll make a change in my life. I'll make a change. I, I, can I say it? I'll say it this way. She decided, I'm repenting. I'm turning from the life I'm living. And I'm, I'm headed somewhere, stay with me. And I'm going somewhere else. And because of that, she now has a new life. Think about this. Whenever we look at Ruth's condition, whenever we look at Ruth's condition, she was poor. She had absolutely no supply. She was a widow. There was no security. She was a stranger. There was no solutions. But you know what she said? Whether thou goest, I will go. Whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. You know what Ruth was saying? I believe that I'll just go in spite of all the circumstances. When we come into chapter number 2, verse number 1, we're introduced to this man. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. In other words, I would say it this way, in typology, he is a picture of Christ today. He is a picture of our Lord and Savior today. Whenever you look at Elimelech here, I'm headed somewhere, stay with me. When you look at Elimelech here and this great man of wealth, and we know that as you study the Bible, that he got the shoe of the near kinsman and he brought it back and him and Ruth got married and they had a baby and they named him Obed and worship was born out of it. We know the story. But think about this. His capacity, this great man of wealth here, his capacity. I thought about as we liken Boaz, our heavenly redeemer today. Boaz was the one that redeems Ruth. But well, Boaz is the one that redeems them all. Study your Bible. He buys everything. Malon and Chilions. Uh, he buys it all. I don't know if anybody ever went back and told Oprah uh, that she was bought and she would, could come back or not. I don't know, but he bought it all. He bought it all. Can I just say this? He bought it all. <laughs> he bought it all. He that knew no sin became sin. Amen. But think about this, his capacity that day. I thought about and likened him to Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2 says this, But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when uh, we were dead in sin, hath quickened us with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. You see His capacity by way of introduction. But think about this. You see His capabilities. What was Boaz able to do? Can I say it this way? Anything he wanted to. Anything he wanted to. Let me tell you the reason why. Because he was a great man of wealth. He was a great... 
Oh yeah, his capabilities. Can I just liken him to Christ again? What is Christ able to do? Now unto him uh, that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Oh, there we ask or think. I'm glad that I've got a God today that has the capability of changing lives uh, and making old me a new man uh, and making a drunkard uh, a saved man setting on a church pew today. His capabilities. You see his capacity and his capabilities. But here's what I want to look at. Ruth was rendered, Ruth was rendered mercy here. There's a few things that she found when she left out, when she decided, I'm saying no to this present world. Everything that I've grown up in, and I want to say this to you. Just because you grew up in church don't mean you're going to heaven. I was a 16-year-old boy when I got saved. I had church membership. I'd been baptized. I worked on the bus route. I'd literally just about been all over the world with my dad on missions trips. Uh, I, but it didn't save me. Hey, look up in here. I believed in God, but I was still lost. You say, preach all you got to do is believe. Can you prove that to me out of the Bible? Because if that's all you got to do, the devil's going to be in heaven because he believes and trembles. I believe, but you let me tell you what was you let me tell you what was missing in my life at 16 years old. Repentance. That's what was missing. I had not repented of my sins. I had not turned from this old life to a new life. And here's what happened. Ruth says, I tell you what, Naomi, I'm going with you back to Bethlehem. I'm just trusting you. I'm gonna follow you. And in doing that, she found some things. Number one, let me show it to you quickly and we'll go eat something. Number one, not sure what we've got at the Barker household today. I just hope it's not collard greens. Number one, if you like collard greens, God bless you. They're not going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now coming back to where we was at, I like that. I'm going to start using Brother Taylor's line there. Number one, she found providence. She found providence. Look with me in verse number 3 of chapter number 2. Verse number 3 of chapter number 2 says this, And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz. She found providence. That word hap there, whenever you study it out, is the same thing where we derive the word providence from. It's not coincidental. Can I just say this? It's not a coincidence that you're sitting on the pews of Amazing Grace Baptist Church today. You say, ah, preacher, I was just going down the road this week and I thought I'd come up here and go to church. It's not a coincidence. It's the divine providence of a holy God. And you know what happened that day? She went out and decided to work into the field. And when she went out and decided to work in the field, God in His foreknowledge, God in His providence took her and put her right where Boaz was going to be at. 
right where Boaz would see her. And Boaz would speak to her, hear me and hear me well. That night at 16 years old, when I walked into the church house, it wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't just some happened to be. It was the divine providence of a holy God. And that night, my heavenly Boaz, through the work of the Holy Ghost, made a trip by my pew and convicted me of my her providence right here. Her providence. God put her in the right place at the right time. Just like the devil in the book of Samuel put David in the wrong place at the wrong time. Amen. That's where he messed up at. He's supposed to be on the battlefield. The Bible said, but David tarried still. Just like the devil done that, God through his providence. If you'll get a hold of the providence of God, it'll make you a whole lot more thankful. It's the providence of God that we weren't born in some third world country. Yeah, man. You see your providence. Number two, let me move quickly this morning. She not only found providence, but don't you look with me in verse number nine. Verse number nine says this. Let thine ears or let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. And go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? She not only found a providence, she found protection. Boaz said, I've already charged the young men not to touch you. Oh, the very protection of God. I want you to hear me right here. You all know the story of the book of Job, don't you? Amen. We all know the story. And, and, and Job just wanted to live his life and serve the Lord. And, and go about its daily business. But there was a day that the devil presented himself before God with the sons of God. And, and God said, Hey devil, what are you doing? He said, Well, I'm just walking to and fro in the earth looking for somebody to jump on. I'm not quoting it verbatim. You know what I'm saying. I'm just trying to find somebody to jump on. And here's what God said to the devil. Hast thou considered my servant Job? God said that. Hast thou considered my servant Job? And here's what the devil said back to God. Well, I can't do nothing with him because you got a hedge around him already. I'm not quoting verbatim. If I need to, I'll go over and read it. The devil said... I can't do nothing to Job. Here's the reason I can't. Because you have put a hedge around him. Hear me and hear me well. The day I got saved, God put a hedge around me. The day I decided to say goodbye to the land of Moab and hello to the land of bread and the house of bread. I'll tell you what God done that day. God put a hedge of protection around me and around my home. There's a protection. I thought about this. The last year, Leslie and I was on the road. The last year we was on, we've been here 12 years, and I was a youth pastor a year and a half before we came here. So it had been 14 and a half years ago. I'm getting old. I ain't as old as you, though, so don't laugh. 
It's 14 and a half years ago. The last year we was on the road. But Stanley, you know what I'm talking about here. We run over 30,000 miles that last year and pulled a fifth wheel camper. 98% of it. And in that whole year, we never had a wreck, never blow tire, never had a busted water line. I mean, we stayed in it in the dead of winter. Never had a busted water line. You know how many accidents was going to happen all around us? But what did God do? God put a hedge of protection, right? Yeah, man! You know what we're always doing? We're always complaining about the storm. What about all those storms God's detoured us around? What about all those times uh, some tragedy was about to hit our life, but because the protecting hand of God, He moved us around that. He moved that around us. She found protection. Boy, I said, I've just told everybody, they better not touch you. You just go ahead and do what you need to do. I thought about this. Y'all remember several, several years ago. Me and Brother Kevin decided to be tire people one Sunday afternoon. And uh, the tire went flat on their Suburban. And I told Brother Kevin, I said, just drive a church van home. And I said, since I live right here beside the church, I said, I'll change clothes and you run back up here, go home and change clothes and then we'll change it. And y'all all know the story of what all happened that day. And we was trying to be safe. I mean, we put two jacks under it and, and it was trying to be safe. But anyway... Uh, I, th- it ended up fall. We was trying to get the spare tire out from underneath it. Brother Kevin was underneath it. And y'all, y'all remember the story? The, the Suburban ended up falling on Brother Kevin that day. That great big Suburban. I kicked it every time I went by it after that. And I wish I knew who had it today so I could go kick it again. But you that knows the story, he broke his wrist. It broke his wrist up real bad. But the spare tire where the wheel goes up like that centered in around his head. And that hollow spot is where his head was at. Yeah. If all y'all get down here in the altar and get right with God, you'd be shouting right now. And that hollow spot, that one area underneath that whole car was where his head was at. You know what we do? Man, I sure hate he messed his hand up. I sure hate... Time out. I hate he messed his hand up. But it's back to working right. He's in the golf ball further than he's ever hit it. And he's doing better with it than he's ever done with it. You know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful that that hand was okay. I'm thankful that hand was okay. And God's hand of protection slid his head right over and let it fall down in. Around that, it's the very protection of an almighty God. God, I'm glad the day I got saved, God put a hand of protection on me. Oh yeah, she found providence, she found protection. But look at this, verse number 11. And Boaz answered and said unto her, He hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother, in law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knowest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. 
She found a providence. She found a protection. But here's what he said. The Lord recompensed thee. She found a promise. She found a promise. You said, preacher, here's the promise she found. Here's the very promise she found. Because she done right, God's going to take care of her. Can I just say this? You'll never go wrong doing right. You'll never go wrong. She found the promise right there. Hey, Boaz said, listen, because you forsook that old life, because you walked away from what you growed up in, and you decided to follow your mother-in-law and be faithful to her, God will take care of you. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory. She found the providence. She found the protection. She found the promise. Why don't you see something, verse number 14. I'm watching the time. Verse number 14. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime, come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers. And he, that's not the reapers. That's Boaz. That he right there is not the reapers. It would have been they. Watch it. And he reached her parched corn. And she did eat and was sufficed and left. You see, she found providence and protection and promise. But can I say this? She found a present that day. She found a present. You said, what was that present? Well, she started out as a damsel in his field. She became a daughter in his house, but then she became a diner at his table. She got to sit at Boaz's table. She got, she got to slide her feet up underneath the table of Boaz. Every once in a while, I guess I'm preaching to myself today, but every once in a while, Brother Tim Ramey, I'm glad. Brother Tim and Miss Vicky, they decided to move into a house and then remodel it after they moved into it. And uh, yesterday, we was over there working on it. And uh, I, I can't, something come up about food. And I said this, I said, whenever this thing's said and done, I'm going to slide up around your table and you can feed me a while. He said, all right, we will. And you know what? I'm going to take him up on that. You say, well, you ought not do that. Well, I like the fellowship. I'll come eat at your table if you'll invite me. I guess I need to do like I did them, just invite myself. <laughs> I'm going to slide my feet up at their table. And I'm going to eat a while. Now watch this. She just didn't slide her feet up at anybody's table. She slid her feet up underneath Boaz's table. And when she got under manners and customs, man, I got to hurry. Manners and customs. They were servants. They were servants that served the meal. They were servants that brought the food around. But what did your Bible say? Your Bible said that Boaz, Boaz reached her parts corn. For Boaz to do that, Boaz had to slide back from where he was at, get what she needed, 
and take it over to her. Now I wonder what everybody else around the table thought. <laughs> oh yeah. When Boaz slid in beside of her and said, right here's a little bread. Right here's a little corn. And if you need anything else, all you gotta do is let me know, honey. Hey, can I tell you something? I'm glad that I can slide my feet up underneath the table of God. And there's time God will use preachers to give me what I need. Oh, but there's those times in the midnight hour when I slide my feet up underneath his table and he himself gets up off the throne of God and comes to where I'm at and feeds me what I need from his word. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She found that day, she found a present. There's just nothing like being in his presence. There is nothing like being. I bet there wasn't nobody going on. She's just no Moabitish girl. Now, nobody's saying that. Why? Because Boaz was the one serving her. You see, whenever he said, Who is that? Yeah. You know what they said? That's that Moabitish girl. You see, you that knows your Bible knows that wasn't supposed to happen. So that's that Moabitish girl. They was all looking down their nose at her. Yeah. Oh, but when she sat down at his table... Oh yeah, and he started feeding her. There wasn't nobody going, who's that? Why? Because she's at the king's table. Let me illustrate it another way. You remember the story of Mephibosheth? Mephibosheth was crippled by the fall. His nurse dropped him. He's crippled by a fall. But what happened? David decided to show him favor because of Jonathan's sake. And you know what? When Mephibosheth and that what we would know today probably as a wheelchair got to the king's table and slid up underneath the king's table, you couldn't see that he was lame of feet. So preach, what do you say? There's about two of y'all with me. What I'm saying is this. When we get up underneath the king's table, when we get in the presence of the king, everybody's the same. It ain't old Robert, that old dope smoker from years ago. I don't know if that's what she was, but it fit good right there. <laughs> it ain't old Robert, that moonshiner from years ago. That wife beater from years ago. It'd probably be that. Probably right the other, other way around. She's probably a husband beater. But anyway, you know, thank God we're all, when we get in His presence, the ground is living. Let me show you one last thing, and we're going home. Let me show you one last thing. I thought about this. She found providence, she found protection, she found promise, she found His presence. But I preached all morning to get right here. And I know it's 12.02 and we're fixing to leave. She found a provision. She found a provision. You see, when I got saved, I found a provision that day. I found... If I tithe, all right, let me say that again. If I tithe, and it goes beyond that, and I'll give the world missions through faith promise missions, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory. You study the context of that out. I believe we can see it in missions right there. 
But hear me, if I'll do that, and I'll live my life to the best of my ability, pleasing to God, David said it this way, I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You said, preacher, if you got a need today, I ain't got one. Can I be real honest with you? Don't have many wants. I ain't going to lie, I got a few. If you'd like to know what they are, I'd be glad to share them with you. I got a few. I looked at a real nice bullet bass boat the other day. Me and Olivia slobbered all over it for an hour. And if you'd like to buy it, I'll, I'll give you the guy's number that's got it. Now, I'll be more than glad to take you fishing on it if you give it to me. Are you with me? I, I, I really don't even have no want. I'll tell you the reason why. God has provided my every need. God has provided my every need. Man, I got nice clothes on today. Got nice shoes on today. They even comfortable. Y'all with me? You want comfortable dress shoes? Brother Matt, what kind do you buy? Johnston Murphy. The Lord provides. She found a provision that day when she met Boaz. Let me show it to you. Here's what it was. I'm just going to throw it out in passing. She found a flood for the thirsty. In verse number 9, the latter portion of it. Go into the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. She didn't even draw the water up. She just drunk it. You remember the story in John chapter number 4? You remember the story, don't you? That Samaritan woman sitting at the well. And Jesus came by and said, Hey, look, if you only knew who I was, you'd say, give me the drink of the water that I can give you, and you'll never thirst again. You know what she done that day? She practically said, Lord, give me that water. And she left her water pot, went running into the city, and said to all the men, come see a man, which told me all things that ever I did. What happened? There was a flood for the thirsty that she met that day. I thought about the book of Revelation. Whosoever is a thirst, whosoever, y'all get that, don't you? Whosoever is a thirst, let him come drink of the water of life freely. She found a flood for the thirsty. She found a feeding for the hungry in verse 14. But look at this. She found a filling of her basket in verse 16. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. What did she find that day? She found provisions in the filling of her basket. Come start playing softly. In the filling of her basket. You know what Boaz said? Just reach down in there. Don't leave her the fragments. Don't leave her the fragments. Just reach down in there and get her a handful and throw it out on purpose. We think that a lot of things that we have today is a necessity. When in all reality, they're not. They're not. There's a lot of nice vehicles sitting out there in the parking lot. That's not a necessity. You tell what that is. You know what happened to some of y'all this year? God let you get a new one. 
thought, man, will I ever have a house again when everything went south two or three years ago? Last year you said, God, I'm going with you. We're going to raise this new baby right and my other babies and we're going to serve you. God, we're, we're just going to be faithful to you. You know what happened? Found that house and God said, I'm about to shout. I'm just going to go ahead and warn everybody, I'm about to have a fit. Old car was wore out. Went down to the dealership. You know what happened for you, Miss Holly? God said, there you go. <laughs> a few months went by and God said, here's your promotion. Here's your promotion. Here's your promotion. That old truck was wore out. Went down out of the dealership and God said, Her basket got filled up, man. A couple years ago, life was turned upside down. And then upside down. And then upside down. And then upside down again. I mean, from a car falling to the house burning. And, and, and I started to change your name myself to Job. And then Brady going home to be with the Lord at such a young age. God said, here's you another baby. Here's you a new car. I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. What I am preaching is when you're faithful to God. Had that stroke. Didn't think things would ever be the same. Wondered where money was going to come from. How you pay the bills. Now all of a sudden, God said, here's your settlement on all of it. I think I'll just take care of you. Oh yeah. That's what happens when we say... I'm forsaking the world. And the providence of God came by your way one day. There you go. 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 Where's Miss Rhonda? That basket got run slam over this year, didn't it? And it's still running over. How long did you pray for your sister? She's sitting right there and said, Preacher, i got to get saved. I'm going to go to hell. And God said, <laughs> Oh, yes! There's your another handful. There's your another handful. There's your little... She found provisions that day that she could have found nowhere else. Ain't couldn't nobody else do for her what Boaz did. Oh, yeah. And you know what? We're going home. You know what the result of every bit of it is? Obed was born in chapter number 4. And Obed means worship. That was the result of every bit of it. She never forgot what God done for her and the way He provided for her. She said, so I think I'll name my first baby Worship. I think I'll name him Worship. I ask you this question. Have you said no to Moab? 
If you hadn't, it's a good day to do it. Now, I'm not saying that when you do that, that tomorrow you're going to get you're going to get two new vehicles and a new house and, 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 and seven second-generation Colt single-action armies. If you don't know guns, you ain't got a clue. You think I just talked in tongues. But I am saying this. There's a God. There's a God that'll meet every one of your needs. Boy, time and time again, but Stanley, when we was on the road, time and time again, I thought, I really don't know. I really don't know. Man, we'd go to the mailbox. It'd be a check from this or a check from that or a check from this. And you just had to sit back and go, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I told the kids the other day, we was going through the grocery store. And, and when I go to the grocery store, we're going to come home with some groceries. Some tater chips and all kinds of stuff. Sunweed's walking by just throwing whatever in the basket. I stopped. I looked at the youngins and I said, there was a day not too many years ago that we couldn't do this. God still fed us. God still took care of us. Hear me and hear me well. I said, but there was a time that we had to pick what kind of tater chips we wanted that week and which type of cereal we wanted that week. But hear me and hear me well. Brother Robert, we left with four or five bags of cereal, four or five bags of tater chips. You want me to tell you the reason why? Because if you'll stay faithful to God, God will stay faithful to you. There was a provision that she found that day. Handfuls on purpose. Her basket just started running over. Handfuls on purpose. That's what God's done in your life. Our fathers, we stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. God, with nobody looking around.